Plan and execute your long-term strategies for success, but understand your success is held predominantly in the hands of two groups, your client and the extended team supporting that client. Sure, you create the initial partnership. Consider this your pat on the back, but you need to understand your team's worth and readily convey that directly to your client. Research the service quality of any organization you consider partnering with prior to joining their ranks. You will save yourself a mountain of migraines by doing so. Whether you're here as a colleague in consultation, exploring advising as a vocation, or considering a partnership in employee benefits with my team, I hope you find value in these thoughts. Apply this truth to both your personal and professional relationships. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet, you're on their side. Working with them and not against them. In other words, put the needs of others before your own and surround yourself with folks that do the same. I'm Shane Wingo, and you're listening to the Working With Them podcast. Thanks again for joining me here on the podcast. Now, as a reminder, what we're doing in season one is we're basically creating an audio version of my new book, Working With Them. Now, I always suggest if you haven't done so, go back to episode one and listen to that. There is an introduction. And there's a quick summary on each chapter of the book that really lays the foundation uh, for all that we're getting into. Uh, normally, I give a little bit of an intro, but this chapter has two story times today. So instead of a normal intro, we're just going to jump straight into working with them through your extended team. Whenever I'm asked for advice from someone contemplating a position in sales consulting, my first response is how reliable is the team servicing what you will be representing. You can read every sales book available. Try each new passing fad to hook that prospective client. Practice your elevator pitch in front of a mirror. If you execute your plan perfectly to create that new client partnership, but the team you rely on for service is lacking, you will eventually lose the relationship you've worked so diligently to attain. Plan and execute your long-term strategies for success, but understand your success is held predominantly in the hands of two groups, your client and the extended team supporting that client. Sure, you create the initial partnership. Consider this your pat on the back, but you need to understand your team's worth and readily convey that directly to your client. If you want to continue creating new partnerships instead of being forced into managing the day-to-day -day of your client's needs, you must be able to leave these duties in the capable hands of the team your organization has assembled. If you're lacking confidence in your extended team, you're in the wrong place. Research the service quality of any organization you consider partnering with prior to joining their ranks. You will save yourself a mountain of migraines by doing so. You expend a tremendous amount of energy transitioning a prospective client into a current client. While you remain an active participant of your team that your client relies on, your time and attention should now shift primarily to the needs of your service team. They are now the face of your organization to the client. Their purpose is to meet the needs of your client. You will weaken their credibility by inserting yourself and being overly involved in their responsibilities. Extending your full confidence to your service team will be a model for your client to extend their full confidence as well.
So let your team take ownership from this point forward. Be present and engaged, but let them showcase their expertise to the client directly. If there's a need for correction or coaching, save as much as possible for offline conversations with your team. That means not including the client. Don't allow misinformation to go unaddressed, but only correct your team in the presence of a client on fact and not on preference of communication. Allow your team members to shine in the eyes of your client and don't be overly precious with how you would accomplish a task or how you would communicate with a client. Support your team with your time and always be understanding when they need you to be more actively involved in a specific situation. No matter how pleasant that three-chord relationship is between you, your client, and your team, there's bound to come some trouble. This can be external conflict or it can be internal. Approach each issue with the best interest of all parties at the forefront. Have your teams back. It's never a good look to throw your extended team under the bus to placate a noisy client. Get involved to understand the issue. If your team has made an error, be the one to step in and take ownership of the issue on a broad scale. Be the intermediary that can objectively see the entire picture and bring both sides together in a resolution. While the customer is always right can be a wonderful adage to adhere to, it's not the correct response to the detriment of your team, especially when your team is not at fault. While every client is important and that relationship must be protected, remember, you will hopefully have many, many client relationships over the years, but you only have one team to rely on in providing your clients with outstanding service. Respect your team, their thoughts, and their opinions on how to best meet the needs of your client. While you have the ultimate responsibility for each client relationship, your team has the expertise to provide exactly what the client needs on an ongoing basis. Cultivate your client's trust in your team and model that trust in all situations. Take every opportunity to praise your team in the presence of your client and save those critiques for back at the office. And when your team provides that outstanding client experience that you've uh, touted all this time, Take that as an opportunity to praise them directly to their superiors. Build their confidence and support them in achieving their goals. This will solidify with your team that you are on their side, working with them and not against them. This is internal marketing. It can be just as important as any external marketing you create. If you encourage your team and show them respect, they will enjoy working with you. If your service team differentiates their partnership with you in comparison to other consultants within your organization, how do you think leads will be handled? How do you think clients will be redistributed when an advisor leaves? Do what's right simply because it's right, and you will often experience unintended trailing benefits. Now, we get into the story time, and there's two examples I'll share. One leads to the strengthening of a client partnership. The other led to the loss of a partnership, but unintentionally 
create a new opportunity. So first, let's talk about supporting your team during a stressful confrontation and strengthening your client partnership. I have a long-standing client where our relationship is built on mutual admiration and trust. Together, our teams have equally contributed to their success in a very symbiotic partnership. So when the HR director brought to light some discrepancy and he was less than transparent concerning the issue, I was a little confused. He mentioned a budgetary loss on an error from our team, but provided little in the way of detail and simply asked us to do better moving forward. Fair enough. Leave it alone, right? Wrong. I could not, as it painted our service team members at fault. I needed the issue addressed so it was not duplicated. I asked for further detail, but was being ignored by HR. Then our service team received a less than favorable review from their HR director the following week via email when our annual review was requested. At that point, I could not brush this under the rug and simply move forward. I needed to understand the issue so it could be appropriately addressed and we could return to our symbiotic relationship. As the situation continued, it became clear the issue had been caused misinformation that was loaded into a payroll system that was outside of our purview. The HR director chose to dig in his heels and continue to point all fault at our service team. I remained as diplomatic as possible but was ultimately forced to call a meeting with the entire C-suite to ensure everyone understood our team had provided all information correctly and had properly adhered to all aspects of our partnership. If we were to move forward in partnership, all of our clients' team members had to understand we were always working with them. It was uncomfortable, to say the least, but my team knew without a doubt that I valued them as much as I did the client. Had the issue been caused by our team, I would have taken that bullet. I would have outlined how and why it happened. Then I would have given future guidelines detailing how we'd avoid this or a similar issue moving forward. I would have taken that burden off the service team when facing the client and then worked with our team to implement consistent procedures moving forward. Regardless of the genesis of the incident, I choose to lead my teams by taking responsibilities in our failures, using these failures as coachable moments and giving ample praise and successes. While the HR director wishing to avoid responsibility was not my biggest fan for the months that followed, the C-suite as a whole respected my steadfastness in getting to the root of the issue to ensure it was not repeated. It strengthened my partnership with the CEO, the CFO, and my service team. And the HR director came back around in due time. This client continues to be a positive reference for any opportunities that I have in this sector. Now, on the flip side of the coin, some clients will absolutely refuse to be an active partner. In another scenario, the CEO of my second largest client refused to take the advice and guidance that our team extended. Over a number of months, his resistance led to major compliance issues for his organization. He chose to hurl insults at our extended team via email and ignore our request to meet directly to resolve the issue. It came to a point where we had to have a come-to-Jesus conversation 
with the CEO and his team. He either needed to adhere to our consultative advice or we could no longer partner together. While he made promises to actively participate in a better future with our collective team assembled, less than a week later, he chose to end our partnership. While it was a positive for my team's mental health, it definitely hurt me and my family financially. But work with them is not held exclusively for clients. Throughout this months-long process, I encouraged my team and voiced what a tremendous job they were doing in supporting this client. On emails, I cc'd their supervisors with praise so the organization was fully aware none of this consternation was a result of our team's actions. Well, I lost the commissions generated from this partnership. And again, as I've mentioned in previous episodes and chapters, I am 100% commission-based. My support for our team did not go unnoticed. Less than a month later, an advisor left our firm and his book of business needed to be redistributed. The supervisors of our extended team decided to move several of that advisor's clients to my book of business as a direct result of the support I extended. My respect for our team translated into their respect for me, and I was more than made whole from any lost revenue when saying goodbye to my second largest client to protect the reputation and sanity of my team and our firm. While doing the right thing because it's the right thing will not always have this immediate of an ROI, the returns will follow. Play the long game by ensuring your entire team knows you are always on their side. As we wrap this episode, we'll, we'll reiterate the entire philosophy of this, of this book. And we'll do that by saying, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that through your extended team, you are on their side, working with them and not against them. Hope you found value in these thoughts. Now, there's going to be 10 or 12 episodes here in season one as we build this audiobook version of working with them. In season two, that's when we'll have the guests start to join us. So subscribe to the podcast and you'll be notified every time a new episode drops where we review another chapter. Now, the book itself, it's live on Amazon, kind of. It's live on Amazon for a pre-order. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to get you right there to all the places where you can find this podcast, but also where you can pre-order that book. It's going to ship on February 14th, so get your pre-orders in now so you can be one of the first to receive and read it. Of course, if you have any questions for me at all, whether they be about employee benefits, which I do daily, or whether it be about the thoughts that we talk about here on the podcast and are expressed in the book, reach out to me. There's going to be another link in the show notes that says Doc Cards. It has all of my direct contact information. It has my cell number, my email address, all my social media spots. So get in touch with me and let's connect if you have any questions. With that... Thanks again for joining me and do all you can today to make it clear you're working with those around you.